Welcome to Taiwan Talk. I'm Sheree Felice, and this week I am speaking with Dr. Yang, a plastic surgeon at the Chunying Plastic Surgery Center. Listen in as we talk about plastic surgery trends here in Taiwan and the risks involved. Hi, Dr. Yang. How are you? Yeah, good. Thank you for this uh, invitation for this kind of talk. Oh, of course. I'm actually very interested to hear about plastic surgery here in Taiwan. Could we start off first by talking about what are the current plastic surgery trends in Taiwan? Okay, so I think uh, in the past uh, two or three decades, the Taiwan plastic surgery the trend is uh, becoming from the big surgery, big operation, becoming like a small procedure, and also we call it the micro cosmetic procedure. For the micro cosmetic surgery or, or cosmetics procedure. The number is increasing like two or three times. But in the same time, the big surgery, uh, we call it probably the surgery, have, the, have they been through several hours, three to four hours or even longer, is uh, decreasing in the same time. So okay. I think the trend is a little bit become like that in Taiwan right now. What's an example of a microsurgery? Okay, for the micro cosmetic procedure, like uh, we would do it like a thread, the thread lift. That is to put some linear things inside your face to lift up your drooping face, no matter it's a mid face or low face or jaw, okay. or like your neck to make a more regimental aisle. Okay. And also, like we do some injection of the feeder or like a Botox or something. Kind of things are more like micro cosmetic procedure. Right now, it's increasing. Actually, lip fillers yeah. are really quite common in the United States, and it's actually caused a bit of a problem because people yeah. are getting lip fillers from uncertified or yes. unqualified doctors. Have you seen any horror stories or any fillers that have hardened or cut off blood supply to the yeah. lips? Yeah, so I know this kind of injection of feeder. We have several kinds, and uh, if you talk about this kind of feeder injection into your face, now face we have a lot of the blood supply, a lot of uh, small vessel. And once you just inject this feeder, just accidentally, no doctor want to do this injection into the vessel, but sometimes it just happens, just accidentally. Yeah. Once this kind of content go inside to your vessel, probably he will just uh, follow the flow, uh, go to your north tip or go to your you know, optic artery or vessel, and he can make you blind. Oh, or your, wow. v, your eye vision, which has lost more than like 50%, uh, it's very hard to get back. So actually, when you think about it, I mean, young girls and boys are getting lip fillers. That's like the big trend now all over yeah. the place. And it's actually not a very safe procedure, right? I would say, actually, overall speaking, it's still a safe procedure. That kind of a case is very, very rare. Probably mm. every one out of 1 million or everyone out of 100 cases. I guess that makes sense because, I mean, every surgery is risky, right? I think the doctor, his uh, application have to tell the customer or patient before do the kind of procedure, the risk, right? Mm, yeah, no, I agree. In yeah. fact, that leads me to my next question. So there's a lot yeah. of young people now getting plastic surgery. How would you advise young people to find the right plastic surgeon and be able to be safe about the procedure that they're getting? I will answer this question from two directions. The first one is a lot of young people want to have this kind of cosmetic procedure or surgery. They have to above 18 years old. In Taiwan? So yeah, in Taiwan. 
What happens if they have a parent agreement that they can get it at a younger age? Is that okay here in Taiwan? In Taiwan, the regulation is uh, if you define it is uh, medical behavior. Mm-hmm. If you define it is uh, restore a functionality or life saving or something. In that way, you don't have to over eighteen years old. Right, of course. Collaboration. But if you define it as a cosmetic thing, it's very objective. So if you want to do the kind of cosmetic surgery, before 18 years old, usually the young people, they don't really have their mature his mind and that attitude. Probably will get influenced easily by the media or by his friends that he will try to pursue some surgery or something and do something on his face. In that way, usually it's not accepted. Okay. Even go along with their parents, it's not accepted. Unless... The kind of things is try to restore his functionality. I Probably see. like I put eyelid, he cannot open it. Mm. Not because of beauty or not, he just cannot open his eyelid. Mm. In that way, we define his functionality problem. So we can do the surgery before 18 years old. Okay. Yeah. What happens if someone's transgender and they want to have plastic surgery to transform into the gender that they identify with? Can they do that before 18? Well, for the transgender surgery in Taiwan, right now we have uh, several big principles. The first one is the patient. They have to have uh, two psychiatric doctors to confirm his uh, mind and his will. Mm. They really want to transfer from the male to female or female to male. Have to confirm his uh, mentally is okay. It's Mm. just very primitive that he thinks he's a boy, but that his body is a girl. Make sure this. And uh, probably have to... Uh, really make sure this kind of thing last two years. Have to by uh, the approval to psychiatric doctor. Okay. And also they have to have the support from the family or his friends. Okay. Yeah, because okay. uh, kind of very transgender surgery is a really a big challenge. No matter to the patient, his body or his mentally, it's a big challenge. So you have to make sure you have the peer support and family support for this. Okay. And yes. if they don't have that support, do they not get the surgery? It is a several principle. It cannot be filled up. And uh, the patients still require for this kind of uh, big surgery. I think, generally speaking, in Taiwan, the doctor will not perform this kind of surgery for really? her or for her. Because once anything happens or once after the surgery, if the body is uh, healing well, but mentally probably gets so many challenges from his friends or from his family, and probably the patient will have the kind of depression. Once he got depression or anxious, sometimes he can hurt himself or even hurt others. And in that way, you just go back to find who do this surgery for this patient. That would be big trouble. But isn't the argument that people who identify as another gender, they are already depressed because they aren't able to get the surgery? So denying them the surgery would make them more depressed? That's a good philosophy question. But once you just change your gender directly from male to female, just like in days, and the kind of challenges from your surrounding, mostly is mentally. Mm-hmm. They would be very big. And too big, sometimes that kind of patient cannot tolerate it. They will commit suicide. And so there's just some customer. They cannot be through that kind of examination, but they still want to do the operation. I so see. if you cannot find a doctor to do operation for him or for her, they will directly go to Thailand yeah. to do a transparent surgery. Yeah. Right. So if you already do this kind of surgery in foreign country and for a foreign customer, usually the kind of regulation will be less limited. Right. Yeah. 
does Taiwan have more regulations when it comes to plastic surgery than Thailand or South Korea? If you talk about the transgender surgery, I think uh, the Thailand is uh, doing better. Because uh, in Taiwan, I cannot find the uh, official number that transgender surgery, how many cases now in Taiwan. Uh-huh. But I think it's less than 50 cases a year. Okay, okay. But uh, in Thailand, as I know, it's uh, only in the public hospital. Monthly speaking, it's uh, more than 200 cases. Wow. The surgery is just like anything the same. It's uh, more practice, make it perfect, make it more experience. Right. So for okay. sure, the doctor in uh, Thailand do the transgender surgery. They are more experienced. I see. But the other part, I, I think uh, Taiwan is doing better. <laughs> what do you mean by that? What other part? Actually, the Taiwan plastic surgery is very famous worldwide. Uh, we have several very famous doctors known worldwide, like the Wei Fu Chen, like uh, Chen Hongji. This kind of very senior plastic surgeon. They're very famous. And a lot of international fellow. They come from the UK, from the US, or Japan, or overwide. They come to Taiwan to learn about it. Really? Um, what is yeah. Taiwan excelling at in terms of plastic surgery? What are some of the things that foreign plastic surgeons are coming here to learn? We would define it, the plastic surgery into two parts. One part is uh, the reconstruction part. Mm. And another part is the cosmetic part. Right. Um, for the reconstruction part, Taiwan is very famous. We do the microsurgery. We do the replantation of your finger. Mm. Or we would do the total finger transfer. Mm. Or like we do some nerve grafting, the functional muscle uh, restoration. This mm. kind of thing. Or even the burn. Like uh, several years ago in Taiwan, we have the dust exploration burn, right? Mm-hmm. It, it's a very big disaster in that time. Uh, hundreds of people just get major burn. According to the statistics in the textbook, that if they get burned more than 80% or 90%, his uh, mortality rate it usually is uh, more than 70 and 80%, usually. But uh, in Taiwan, because of the care of the plastic surgeon, the overall mortality rate is just like uh, less than 20%. Wow. Less than 20%. Okay. Yeah. For the cosmetic part, Taiwan is uh, famous for our face procedure, like upper eyelid. We call it upper and lower plasty. Mm. Upper eyelid or low eye back surgery or the face lift and uh, also like face grafting right. and uh, forehead lift. This kind of uh, a facial rejuvenation procedure, Taiwan is also famous for that. Actually, the upper eyelid surgery has become quite controversial in the past few years. Who as a doctor, I mean, how yeah. does it make you feel, Asian women and men wanting to get upper eye surgery to look more Western? You know, this kind of a beauty is very subjective. Right. It's not really an objective thing. You have to do some checklist, uh, and find some ratio. Actually, we do have the kind of ratio things, just to make a, like a reference. Right. But anyway speaking, it just uh, the cosmetic is very subjective. Even the doctor do a uh, not that good surgery uh, for the patient is uh, like I mean like for the breast augmentation, he, he think uh, it's not good. But the, as long as the patient feels satisfied, then he is okay. So if you call about uh, back to our topic, if you talk about the uh, upper eyelid surgery, if the uh, a, a Asian girl, he wants to have a very big eye, very high fold of his eyebrow eyelid, and uh, he wants to like a, a Caucasian, very wide the double eyelid. Yeah. We will try to tell her, says, um, they will make you feel uh, like a very, you know, that part, your upper eyelid part is very unnatural. 
because uh-huh. compared to your nose, compared to your lips, compared to your cheek, and uh, your forehead, and your, your eyebrow, anything, your upper eyelid is just too Caucasian, but uh, you the other part just too Asian. So right. we'll make it a little bit like uh, improportional. Right. But uh, we will try to explain that kind of thing to patient. But uh, if your patient is still insisted, and then he can understand the property the consequence and the result, and then she can understand it, then we still would do the surgery for her. Why are people allowed to get plastic surgery as long as it's not transgender surgery when the results could still cause people to commit suicide? Do you yeah. understand what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I think I can understand. Mm. Like the uh, upper eyelid or like, uh, you know, the body contouring, liposuction, fat grafting, and rhinoplasty, these kind of things. Uh, this surgery is just, relative speaking, it's a small surgery. Okay. Relative. It can be done like within two or three hours. And uh, the kind of uh, result, even you don't like it, and uh, or some, some complication happen or some, um, some result you, you cannot uh, accept happen, it still can, some revision, we call it revision or touch-up surgery, it still can correct it. Okay. But if you talk about the transgender surgery, once it's done, it's done. There's no way to get back. There's no way to get back. And also, this uh, transgender surgery is it's not only affect uh, the patient, his, uh, his um, how do you say, his uh, face, but also his affect his uh, mentally very severely. So nowadays, I think not only in Taiwan, but worldwide, is, um, for this uh, transgender surgery, they have very strict uh, guideline and restriction, regulation for that before performing this uh, surgery because there is uh, no way to get back. Right. And, no, I, I completely understand. And in Taiwan, if someone meets all of the criteria, does the Taiwan government allow people under the age of 18 to start transitioning? No, I, I don't think so. You don't? don't oh, okay. So. No. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. interesting. Okay. In yeah. Taiwan, who's the most popular celebrity that people want to look like? As I know, that previously they would choose Tai Yidin, mm. or the Angela Baby. Really? Angel, yeah, Angela Baby, this kind of uh, celebrity for the reference. Okay. And um, Taiwan D. Mimo Lin Zilin. Ah. Yeah. But I think uh, Angela Baby is the most uh, common one. Is it? Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for speaking with me, Dr. Young. Thank you again <laughs> for your help, for your advice. Have a good day. That's it for this week's episode of Taiwan Talk. I'd like to thank Dr. Yang again for joining me. And don't forget to tune in next week for an all-new episode. As always, remember to take care of yourselves. I'm Sheree Felice.